interesting. Okay, so like I said, we took like 1,800 pictures. I don't know if we'll ever get them all sorted out. And I would love to be able at this point to tell you everything that we did in Scotland and Ireland because it was just all fantastic. You would think that Scotland and Ireland are both kind of the same since uh, they're both kind of connected in the Britishy area and, and they both talk English really funny. But, no, not, <laughs> they're, they're not the same at all. Um, and I, w- I could spend so many hours just showing you all the beautiful, amazing, just jaw-droppingly astonishing landscapes that you will see in Scotland. Uh, I've, never, I've never been a place, I've never seen a place ever in my life like Scotland. Uh, it's nothing but hills, mountains, and lakes. And there's nothing really, nothing in between. <laughs> Well, we, so we went up from Edinburgh up to the Helens and we, in the Isle of Skye, then we came back down. Well, we, we got close to some of that stuff, but it just, it, the, the lakes, is, I don't know why, I mean, how many lakes are there in Scotland? Lochs? I have no idea. Yep. So they're all lochs. And it's just... You're, um, I have to show you those pictures another time. And it's, it's lush forest, and then suddenly there's no forest. There's just, uh, it's just all um, heather and um, it's, it's heather and gorse, and you you get up above the tree line, um, and and it's just you'll see some of the pictures. I'll show you some other time. I can't show you that Ireland. Uh, it's just all gentle rolling green sort of farmland coastline and the western side of Ireland, of Ireland is just it's all rocks and, and you, you'll see in some of these pictures you'll see uh, fences built out of, of rocks uh, on both sides of, of the road and they will tell you that the reason all the fences and the pastures are, are filled up are, are fenced in by rocks is because they needed some place to put the rocks after they cleared the, they had to pick up all the rocks in order to make pastures out of them and so they just turned it all into fences um, but I don't know if that's true or not but it's just everywhere it's just uh, it's look, it looks like somebody like somebody blew up half the moon and it just landed there and they had to clear it all out and they just made fences and houses and, with, uh, and there's ruins everywhere and David and Amy said the first time they went there they, they just couldn't believe they're just you know half fallen down rock houses everywhere and, and they would walk up to people and say so tell me tell me about that what, what is that and they said well it's a ruin it's just a ruin and uh, some, somebody's shed fell over it, you know it's just anyhow I could talk about all that forever um, the, I just want to focus on one part of of the story which was was the story everywhere we went for me and you know but right before I left, I had this treatment for my heart. Um, and it made it possible for Peggy and I. We knew we were going to have some walking to do. Uh, that's right. Uh, and so we practiced really hard every day for several weeks to try to get in shape, going up and down the little hills around our house. 
Um, every day, practically every day for our entire trip, Scotland and Ireland involve going up big hills. If you can just imagine, all right, for Carl and Carlene to get home from church today, they could drive uh, down to, work, to about Twin Isles. Then they have to get out of their car and walk the rest of the way home. That's what we did every single day somewhere. Um, so, so you know where the, where the Royal Gardens are in, in Edinburgh? Yeah, the Buchanan. So we were there. Yeah, that's right. We did. We we took a, a, a tour bus there and got off <laughs> on the way down. And then our tour guide, David's mother-in-law, said, "Oh, I know a place we're going to go for lunch. Um, it's just right over here. It's just it's three quarters of the way back up to uh, the 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 Scott Memorial, yeah. and so, uh, which is like." She said, "We're just going to be there, just around the corner. Just, um, I, you, you without, it's like it's like walking to Kingsland every single day. All right, so, so let me just tell you about that. This is some of our experience. I'm going to just show you. So, um, okay, so this is the view outside." of our hotel room the first so and this is the scottish national library uh i think and about over here is called royal the royal mile and we're not going to show you any of that but anyhow this is a a very super historical area with with a palace at one end and a palace at the other end but I'm, i'm i'm looking at this hill you see this hill up there with a little bump at the top. That's called Arthur's Seat. And apparently it's a thing to, to climb Arthur's Seat. Um, I'm, just, I'm telling you this now, give you some background. First of all, it has nothing to do with Arthur. It's a complete misunderstanding of how uh, the old languages uh, were translated. So it doesn't have anything to do with King Arthur. Um, well, uh, um, the... the uh, yeah, everything around there was volcanoes. And so, uh, so there, is, there is an easy way and a hard way to go up. And, um, the, and so the hard, so our tour guide, David's mother-in-law, uh, planned for us to just hire a cab and, and we would go up the hard way and then go down the easy way. And so I, I read a little about it and, and, and there are some instructions on you know, the kind of things to look for. And um, I didn't take enough pictures because, so the, so the, the cab driver, he, he, he comes and picks us up at the hotel. He said, we want to go to Arthur's seat. We want to go up to the hard way first. And so, uh, so he, we pull into a parking lot and we're facing this thing here. This is not Arthur's seat, by the way. This is just the, where the parking lot is. Uh, but I, and Arthur's seat is now behind us. But if you can sort of see the, you know, just the, the, sort of the lay of the land on this little hill over there, 
Just imagine that Arthur's seat is about 10 times bigger than that, but it looks exactly the same. There's not, there's not a big sign there that says, welcome to Arthur's seat. Here is the hard way up, and here's the instructions for how to do it. It's just, he said, there it is. And so we sort of just, we walked over across the street, and there's this sort of grassy path with, with no signage or no marking or no anything. And you just look up, and there's the top. It's 822 feet. Uh, and you just start walking. You just start, and, and eventually you, you encounter a sort of a dirt path. Uh, but it's more like grass has grown up around it, and then there are just little indentations in the soil, about like this and about like this, uh, where you can put your foot. And, but you're going like this. And uh, y'all, if, if I hadn't had my, my treatment for my heart, I, I couldn't have gotten more than 30 yards. But even at that, um, I had to stop every 30 yards to catch my breath. And it's still going up and it's still going up. And eventually, the nice grassy spot with the, with the earthen footprints disappears and it turns into uh, basically a, uh, a stone, rocky trail. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you this picture here. See that little lake in the middle? Now that, that, that's down the, at the base of the hill. We, we are now up to about three-quarters to the top. Um, but this is on the way trying to get down. I got up within about an eight, 800-foot level and just could not do it anymore because... Um, let me see if I can... Oh, yeah, let me go back. Um, um, there's... Above here is, is clouds. We walked up into the clouds, and there's, you can see something that sort of looks like a fence here. That has a chain on it. And the chain um, is all you had to hold on to going up, and the, the trail's getting narrower and narrower, and it's getting wetter and wetter, and eventually the trail is nothing but rocks sticking up out of the ground just because they've been there for... Uh, several hundred million years and they're not going anyplace and then you had to, you're going like this to put your and like and sometimes you had to squeeze it's, it's rocks like this everywhere and you could squeeze through a little passage about this big uh, which was kind of manageable as long as you could hold on to the chain but eventually after when you get to the, the last sort of straight up climb no more chains you're going on your... I was going like on my hands and knees and kind of slipping up. And, and there's, there's still... There's no signs anywhere saying, watch your step. Uh, there's no little barriers to keep you from falling off the edge. Uh, there's just e- efforts of people for hundreds and hundreds of years, really stupid people, that keep wanting to get to the top of this thing. Um, and... Um, this little white spot here, this is David's mother-in-law, Lee. And over here, if you can just press you on this side, that's Alice. Uh, and 
this thing on the other side of the chains here, that this is all there is of the trail. There's, that's, um, and there aren't little helpful guides anywhere saying, oh, here's a good idea for, here's a way to get up this tricky part of the mountain. I, by this time, I'm thinking what we really need are those hand axes. Uh, um, but I'm not, I, I'm not really making it up. De- depending, pretend on this little space here being full of rocks. That's your trail. Congratulations. And if it's not raining, maybe you can do it. But it, by this time, it's raining because we're, we're above the cloud line. And so everything is slippery. And you, you take a step and your, your fo- shoes go like this. And people do this every day. There should be some kind of a law protecting people. From, <laughs> but they don't. I mean, they tell you this could be a difficult climb. It's not called the hard way for nothing. Uh, but they didn't say it was the super suicidal way. <laughs> Anyhow, this is a, we're about, and I'm still having to stop and catch my breath. And then, and like I said, different points, we were actually crawling over the rocks to get up there. And I stopped about 20 feet from the top. Honestly, Alice, Amy and Alice were the only people who got all the way to the top because they just disappeared and David didn't know where they went until they were up at the very, very top. Uh, But um, now we have another dilemma. You have to get down. I thought, where's the helicopter? Because I know this. I know what it was like to to try to ooch my... When you're halfway up, you either have to say, yeah, I'm going to keep going or I'm going to quit. And everybody else was going, so I just foolishly followed them. And, but now we're up to the top. I'm not making this up, am I? No. Um, we're, we get up there, and, and now everybody's thinking, how do we get back down? Because that was treacherous. And now we're all looking around at the top of the hill, looking for the sign that says, easy way, way, go here. There's no sign that says, easy way, down. Uh, And there's two reasons for that. One is because they're still trying to to trick you into dying. What, Carl? Um, It wasn't worth it till I got down. Because once I got down, I could say, you know what? I did that whole thing and I didn't die. But, I mean, it's a really nice view whenever you can see the view because there's clouds just floating in and out everywhere. Uh, so it's the whole point of climbing Arthur's Seat, as it turns out, is so you could tell people that you climbed Arthur's Seat. Um, so that's... I, 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 when I was up there, I was thinking, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. And if I had known it was going to be like this, we... We would not have, we totally would not have done it because this is, this is false advertising at its worst. And think how strong you are. <laughs> That's right. Think how, think how much wiser I am now. <laughs> uh, don't believe everything you read. Uh, so we're trying to get down. And so this, this picture is actually... Yeah, That's, and uh, and she works out like every day. Um, she jogs with Troy Aikman. She lives in his neighborhood. Um, 
And, but so she's down here. She's going on ahead, which is she did a lot on this trip, uh, at least ahead of me. And, she, and she's down here trying to figure out how to get down because no signs. And she gets down here uh, and it, um, kind of you go towards the center and off to the left a little bit. You can see maybe there's another path going down this way. And so she finally says, okay, this looks like it might go somewhere. Maybe this is the easy path down. Um, so not having any real options except to wait for them to send dogs to find us. Um, we took the easy way down. And again, I, I, I didn't take enough pictures. Maybe Peggy has some that she took that we can get out later. Because I, didn't, I was done taking pictures because I was literally... I was busy trying to breathe and running out of breath. And, and we're, we're going down. I'm going down like this. But we're, we're all going down kind of like this. But this is going down the easy way. Now, the difference between the easy way and the hard way is that, first of all, the path has been clearly cut. And it's, it's twice as wide. And you go down. Um, it's still in, it's in big sections. It's, but they're, uh, th- this would be an, a nice normal step, right? Uh, most of the steps going down on the easy way. Even, even there, it's nice and calm, and, and there's, there's gravel here, which, incidentally, not necessarily good news. Uh, so the, the path is either slippery uh, gravel or slippery pieces of church sticking up that you're supposed to put your feet on. All right. But, it's, but you're, you're taking sometimes steps as big as this and not landing on nice carpet. Uh, but then you can like, take like two or three more steps and then you take another one of these steps down. And if it hadn't have been for Peggy and Amy and Alice taking turns holding my hand and or catching me, um, I don't, I'd probably still be up there. Um, and I actually slipped and fell one time. But it wasn't so bad because they were right there and they caught me. Um, but finally you get all the way down. And I can just tell you this, the easy way down... Not easy. Not, it's not easy. Uh, and that took about an hour and a half. Uh, uh, but so here's this other picture. Uh, this is a picture taken later in the day when we were at one of the palaces. Uh, this is pictures of people starting their journey up on the easy path. And I'm thinking... No! Come back! Because they've just barely gotten started. Now, I have to say this. Um, on at least two occasions on the way down, we did encounter joggers. We were just jogging up and jogging down. But they were never heard from again. I don't know what... This was hard. It was hard emotionally. It was hard physically. Uh, we felt really good after... I felt really good after got, getting down, uh, thinking, I'm alive, um, and I will never have to do that again. 
which of course was wrong. Uh, okay, so several days later, now we're, we're, I, I, there's all sorts of wonderful things I could have told you about Scotland, beautiful, beautiful things about Scotland, wind castles and um, wonderful people, and, but we'll have to talk about that later. Now, we, now we're, we're in Ireland. Uh, and there's a place in Ireland called um, the Cliffs of Moher. The Cliffs of Moher is the Irish equivalent of the Grand Canyon. It's the most often visited natural feature in Ireland. How many of you have ever watched uh, the movie The Princess Bride? Do you remember the scene where it talks about the Cliffs of Insanity in The Princess Bride? <laughs> That, that was, that was, this is where the Cliffs of inf- Insanity were filmed. Uh, but we're just getting out of the parking lot. And see, that's, that's the beginning of the Cliffs of Insanity up there. And it turns out you can't just drive up to the Cliffs of Insanity. You have to park a mile away, and you're gradually going uphill the whole time. Much easier walk. This involves nicely cut steps, no gravel. But... Uh, we kept going and going and going and going and going and going uh, until now we've, now we're at the, there's in two sections. We're on one section and we're looking over at the, the second section. Uh, um, and there we are oh, in this very special. There's a ruin. There's a ruin. There's a, there's a ruin. There's a, actually a, an observation tower built in 1835 so that to that, that people could go stand on the top of it and look out. Uh, we're looking at, look out, you get a great view if the earth wasn't. If the earth was flat, you would get a great view of New York City from here. Uh, but we're at the top of this thing. So, and that was a 20-minute climb to get up there. And again, I'm having to stop and catch my breath, stop and catch my breath, because it's just climbing, going, climbing, going, climbing, going. Uh, all right, but wait, there's more. That's right. That's it. That's the Cliffs of Insanity. That's it. Uh, now, the, the next day, we went to a place uh, called Inishmore, which is a, an island nine miles off the coast of Ireland. Um, it's actually a group of five islands there in the, in the New Hebrides. And it's, um, Inishmore has a population of like 900 people. Um, and ruins everywhere, including a ruin called Dunangas, which is, for all practical purposes, like climbing Arthur's seat all over again. <laughs> David said, there's a little climb here. They've been there before. Um, but this is, okay, so see, see those walls up there? That's, that's Dunangas. It's a fortification. It's, it's what's called a circle fort. It was built 2,000 years B.C. Nobody knows who built it. Nobody knows what it was built for. Uh, it's just there. So you're going up this. And this, again, looks, see, we've got stone walls here. We've got a nice, clearly defined path of gravel. And as it, as it ascends, it gets narrower and narrower until finally the walls go away and you're back to just... Gr- Church and trying to find handholds again, and and here's cows along the way. This is just, this is a farmer's field, and the cows 
are looking at us saying, can't believe stupid people uh, just staring at us. Yeah, the cows are lying. Their cows are exhausted. But see, we're still going up. Still, what you're seeing up there uh, at the top, that's not even the top of the mountain. That's just all you could get into the camera right there. All right, so uh, and here's kind, this is part of the path. See, see the rocks here? Gravel and this rocks just sticking out. And the rocks are either there to help you or to trip you because, because it, it works either way. Um, and there are places where the rock wall is close enough to the path that you can prop yourself up by holding on and at one point they nicely built uh, like a chain link fence where you could kind of hold on but you're going up, up, up until finally uh, now we're through the top the goal is to to go through this hole in the wall and and then you're at the summit I think this is actually looking from after already coming through the hole in the wall, um, but honestly, I can't remember. But anyhow, th- that's the wall. The goal is to get those and see the see the flag. See how it's sticking straight out. The wind was steady, 25 miles an hour, with a gust of almost 40 miles an hour at the top. All right, so I made it to the top. I'm happy about that. Uh, I decided to take a picture. This is just a random person for perspective, and. Th- I was setting up this shot because this is the... You notice how there's no signs that say, watch your step. There's no fence that says, oh, but this is the edge of a cliff that you're going to fall down, so be very careful. Um, so I was... But this is the whole goal is to get up to the top of this so you could look out over the ocean again. And I was taking a picture of this person and I missed the most important... Probably the most important picture that, that I should have been able to take in my whole life. Because I was, first of all, I was never ex- expecting for a shot like this to ever be possible, and I was looking in the wrong direction. But while I'm carefully setting up this picture of this person, uh, kind of admiring the view, just out of the field of vision, Peggy has crawled on her hands and knees to the very edge of this sheer drop. And at, at this point, I'd like for you to explain to people what you were thinking. So, but I'm looking. I, so, so, and I, and so I finished my picture, and then I looked over, and she's like, ah! "What? Are you, what are you doing?" All right. So, and and Alice behind me is going, uh, "Mom, Mom, what's Tati doing? Tati, what are you doing?" Granddad, look at what Toddy's doing. And this is what Toddy was doing. This is, the, this is the shot that she got by dangling over the cliff. My hand and my camera were dangling, but I was not dangling. 
So, so, so too late. This is, the, this is right, this is where she was. I took the picture, after I'm sure that she was safe, I took the picture of where she was. But then, now, so there was that. And, uh, um, and so I thought, well, we survived that. But we're driving around. The, uh, there's so many amazing things on this island that, that I took pictures of that we can't show you. Uh, five uh, um, more super ancient stuff, more hill forts, and uh, more evidence of hermits, that, the Catholic hermits that came there and just lived in hovels built out of rocks and it looked like a beehive. I'll show you that some other time. But as we're leaving, the, the, last, the last thing, the last major thing was uh, our, uh, our guide whose name was Noel, Noel Mahon, Noel, and, and um, he's lived, he's been a guide on the island for, he's lived on the island for 42 years and he's still considered to be a blow-in. Yeah, and uh, he's a great guide. And he said, oh, there, there is one more of those hill circle forts you want to go to, uh, and it's up here. Okay, so I'm exhausted, um, but Dave wants to go see it because it's a thing. And, and so this is us beginning the hike up that another hill, another Arthur's Seat kind of hill with the same thing all over again. And the only reason why I'm doing this is because so I didn't die on Arthur's Seat and I didn't die uh, doing Angus. Um, and this is... This can't be as bad as those. <laughs> so this is, we're just getting started, and there's Peggy looking all energetic, but this is the trail. None of these places have signs or warnings. Or, it's just, you wanna, hey, if you want to climb up the top of a hill, it's a free country. Just go do it. Um, so up we're going, and, and we went up and up and up, and, and I'm, by now I've, I've learned how to take it slow. So I'm... I'm not trying to beat anybody to the top of the hill, but I still have to stop like every 20 or 30 yards because it's just... <sighs> without, the, without my treatment, I would be dead by now. But I was able to just stop and rest and then keep going. Um, and Peggy's looking all excited. Um, now, here we are at the top, and I'm taking pictures out over the landscape that we can now see down to the ocean. But what I, didn't, what I didn't include, because I was, I was once you're, when you're out of breath and trying to keep up with people, you just don't have time to take a lot of pictures. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we walked and walked and walked, and, and David and the rest of the party got there probably 15 minutes before we got there, because I have to t- keep stopping. When we get up there, they can't find the ruins. Um, there's a big... Uh, official-looking kind of compound up at the top, like a, a tower and some things that look like a castle, but that's clearly not the ruins and that we were supposed to be looking for. So now they take off, going in this direction. They said, we can't find it. Maybe they're over here, because, again, no signs anywhere. Uh, so we walked and walked and walked and walked. We must have walked at least a half a mile this other direction until we come to a gate that you can't get through. Turn around, go all the way back, around the other side on the top of the mountain, back to the thing that looks like a castle, walk through all the ruins, stuff falling down everywhere of the castle. And we looked up through the other side, oh, look, there looks like, that's probably that way over there. Walk another half a mile. 
At that point, I said, I've seen enough buildings that are falling down. Um, so I'm going to sit here on this rock, and Peggy and everybody else went. And they got all to the thing that, when they finally got there, and what was it? Rocks. Uh, it was, they couldn't, it, it, it turns out, they really couldn't get into what David thought they ought to be able to get into. You could see from the outside that it was a sort of a thing, but you couldn't get inside. Uh, so we walked all the way back down. So, so we, that day we walked all the way up a hill and walked all the way around and got nothing out of it except a lot of exercise uh, and this nice picture because this is the picture taken on the way back down. We're like 40 feet from the top. Um, so... I'm getting tired just telling you all this story. Um, okay, so here's, here's the last. This is one of our last days in Ireland. This is called the Hill of Tara. This is where all of the kings of Ireland were crowned up until they stopped being kings of Ireland. Um, this is a replica. Nobody knows. Somebody stole it. Either the British or somebody stole the real stone, so they stuck this one back there. But... You know what we had to do to get to the hill of Tara? You had to climb a hill. Uh, and this is the view out over the countryside back towards the city. From that hill we climbed. All right. Um, <clears throat> there wasn't a day when... There, there wasn't at least part of the time when I was just out of breath. Um, so I'm, simul- I'm simultaneously really, really tired and, and sometimes having a problem keeping up. Uh, but I'm also really grateful for my surgery because I, I couldn't have done, well, not a surgery, for my pr- procedure because I, um, it, this is impossible if you're not in really, really great shape. David says there's gonna, said there's going to be some sort of some heavy-duty walking he didn't say this was, it was going to be every day you, you face the possibility of dying walking. Um, but anyhow, we finally got to the end of all of our hill climbing. And I survived it, and I was really grateful for the opportunity for us to get to do this together. It's a fin- this is not a normal tour. You, would not, you, would, you wouldn't get a normal guided tour place to take you on tours like this because the insurance would be too unreasonable to pay for, I think. Um, And then God reminded me of this. Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks strength, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. And I know this. I know that God always gave us the strength to get up the next hill. Um, There was even one day... Coming down from Arthur's seat was really, really hard and treacherous, and, I, and my legs did not work for three days after that. Having this, this, the process of coming down like this, how I was coming down, my, my calf was so burned out 
that every time I took a step for the next two days, it, it, it was just burning. Um, one, one climb that I didn't make because I was smart enough to know what it was going to be like was the climb up uh, Blarney Castle. I didn't go up Blarney Castle because I already knew what it was going to be like, uh, so I didn't give any pictures of that. But everybody else did, and everybody else had the same burning in their calves the next day that I had off of Arthur's seat. But even the young people, the, uh, even they were just all super sore. Uh, years and years and years ago, here's, here's what I learned from this whole experience. You, going back years and years and years ago, one of my dearest friends, Roger Lofton, asked me one day if he could borrow my bicycle. I have a bicycle. Peggy and I bought it for, we bought bicycles for wedding presents. Really, at that time, it was a really nice 10-speed bicycle. Still, I still had it in my storage room. And this was 25 years ago, probably. But we, we rode them when we first married. Right, we rode them around campus. Um, but uh, Roger came by one day and, and said, can I ask if he could borrow a bicycle because a bunch of, let's say some of Christian's men's group that he was involved in, uh, was going to do sort of like a, a a bike ride to raise money for some charity. And they tricked him into going with them. Um, because Roger, not a bike rider, not a... Well, some of you knew Roger. It's not, Roger's not an athlete. I played, he played football at Kermit, but that's not saying much. Um, so... He, we got the bike service, we got the air and the tires, and he went off with these guys. They were riding a stretch of I-10 between Kerrville and Junction. Not all the way to Junction, but, you know, 10 or, that, but that direction. Um, and so he started out, and pretty soon, everybody else in the pack is gone. <laughs> And he's doing like this. And if, uh, occasionally somebody would come back and check on him and then go off and leave him again. And, and, but he, that, that stuff was all uphill. It's going through that six-mile curve. was all uphill. And he would fight and fight and fight and fight. And finally he'd get to the top of the hill and get off and rest and take a look over the horizon. And what did he see? More hills. More hills. Every bit of strength into getting to the top of this hill only to discover that there was always going to be another hill. And he did that for like another five miles and he just said, this, I've learned my lesson, I'm done. Come pick me up. Um, So, there's what I learned. (laughs) It sounds like everybody's life. We tell ourselves if we can just get past this hill, then it'll all be smooth sailing. And and maybe it is. Maybe you get to the top of the hill, and then for a while, whee! You just stick your legs out, and you're just like, yee-haw! But all all the downhill, easy part, it only exists to bring you where? To the base of the next hill. And that's the way... That's the way that trip was. That's the way life is. 
And if you think that you're going to get to the top of a hill and never have any more, to hit more hills, that's just not true. Uh, because life is a series of hills so that God can demonstrate his faithfulness to us as we keep encountering the next one and the next one and the next one. So to him who lacks might, God gives power. He gives strength to the weary. Even vigorous young men will stumble badly. But if you wait for the Lord, every time I got to the spot going up the hill, I just had to stop and wait for my body to get ready to go again. Sometimes you stop and wait and stop and wait until you get your strength back and then God gives you the boost that you need to keep going. You wait for the Lord, you will gain new strength. You'll be able eventually to mount up with wings like eagles and run and not get tired and walk and not become weary as long as you understand that there'll be times when you have to stop and just wait for Jesus to get you through. So I don't know. That's the most important thing that I learned. If you're waiting for life to get easy, um, you're going to be real disappointed. <clears throat> but, the, but the takeaway is that even when you're trying to get up and down on Arthur's seat, God's holding your hand. Psalm 37 says, I, uh, he's talking about God's faithfulness to his children. He says, even... When I stumble, it's not fatal because God is always holding my hand. So I don't know what kind of mountains you... Congratulations for whatever mountain it was that you just summited. Uh, Congratulations for trusting God and congratulations for not giving up and congratulations for continuing on. Um, Just remember that You got to the top of this hill so that you could learn again that God is faithful to be prepared for the next hill because it's coming. Don't freak out when you are getting to the top of the next hill and thinking you're not going to get there because God is going to make sure that you do. And don't freak out when you get to the top of the hill and, and aren't sure how to get down without breaking your neck because God will always plan that transition because even though... Sometimes life is full of hills and it's really hard. God is always faithful. Thank you, Lord, for getting us through time after time where there weren't any signs and there weren't any places to step and there weren't any things to hold on to. Thank you, God, for providing me with people who held on to me. Thank you for your faithfulness and getting us through times when... Um, we weren't sure how it was going to turn out. Thank you, God, for continuing to do that in my life and in our lives today. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.